This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. going on guys this is rob carbone coming at you with another episode of bd4 where there is no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis um so tonight we're diving into a couple of knicks you know draft scouting and we're going to talk about a couple of the draft prospects and the g league talk maybe even some guys you know talk about some players in the g league who might get a chance with this knicks team in the future um so that's what we're doing for episode 92 of bd4 um guys if you haven't subscribed yet to bd4 i don't know what you're waiting for (laughs) no but really go go check it out go subscribe um you know download it listen to it um listen to bd4 and subscribe to it on all the different platforms that i have uh we're up to over a dozen platforms really we're on apple you know itunes um we're on google play we're on soundcloud we have a podcast on spotify you know, Radio Public, the video cast where you can actually watch the podcast is up on YouTube. Um, if you're watching it right now, hello. Um, and many more platforms. If you want to find all those platforms and if you want to subscribe to BD4, um, just go to my website. You can just find all that information on my website. Um, that's located at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, that is nysportstalk.com rc.wordpress.com there's a there should be a tab called outlets um click on that tab and it'll take you to a page where you know it just has all of my information um every platform for the podcast and it also has my social media websites where you can follow my page on facebook twitter and on instagram um so please once again go to nysportstalk.wordpress.com Com, and I'm sorry, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com to get all that information. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, like I said, you know, we're just going to talk Knicks tonight. I know I actually said in my last Knicks um, episode and the last show that I did where we talked about the, the uh, we reviewed the Knicks season. I know I kind of said that that was going to be the final um, episode until the offseason, <laughs> but you know, a lot of the times I, I I don't make my promises when it comes to you know things like that. If anything, I'm gonna do more episodes because I like do I like podcasting that much. Um, you're never gonna find me doing less. You know, if anything, you know, if I break a promise, it's going to be doing more than I told you guys. So, you know, it's a good thing. It's better that than the the flip side of things. But um, so I you know I just feel like I, I wanted to talk drafting a little and. In the G League, and, and you know, I, I took you know, with nothing going on the last couple of days, <laughs> I've taken the time out to to really dive into the draft prospects and really scout 
myself personally check out the scouting reports of certain players and watch some film. I re I rewatched a couple of games, you know, a couple of college games this season, and I looked at some film of certain individuals, and I read a ton of scouting reports. I listened to a ton of podcasts, read up on some blogs. I really did my research here because I don't watch a ton of college ball myself, so I had to do a lot. You know, a lot of research to figure out who's going to be the best fit for this next team, who's going to be the, the guys in this draft. But, you know, from what I found out, from what I found upon the research I did, it seems like, if anything, it's it's a mediocre draft class. It's not as star-studded as, you know, the draft classes that we've gotten in the past, you know, in recent years. But it's still a class to where you can find some certain, you'll find some some good talent here. I don't think you'll find a Zion Williamson, a Ja Morant um, in this class, but, you know, an R.J. Barrett. But there, there's guys in here where there's still an upside. You know, some players you can even make a case that have all-star upside. Um, you know, I don't think they're, again, I don't think we're, we're going to get a superstar in this draft. I don't think anything is going to be you know, we're going to get a game changer, but I think we could definitely get, you know, at best an all-star talent out of this draft, and that's not bad, <laughs> but obviously it depends on on where the Knicks end up drafting. Um, they are good enough for lottery, but they're not good enough to where they have a higher chance of, of getting that number one pick. Their chances are lower. They're probably going <clears> to <throat> end up more towards, you know, the four to eight range, which, you know, it always seems like we're stuck in that area somehow um but if that happens like i said there are still some guys out there but we're gonna go over a few guys i'm not gonna do the whole thing um i didn't really i, I didn't include you know i wrote this all down on my notes um i got a bunch of notes with me but i didn't include cole anthony i didn't include anthony edwards um no particular reason, just because I did a ton of research and I didn't have time to include everybody in this draft. But I kind of just included the guys that I prefer the Knicks chase after with a combination of who I think is more realistic as well, um, you know, depending on where the Knicks draft. So I guess we'll dive into it. Um, so, you know, just just to um, just to recap, guys, if you haven't uh, yet subscribed to my podcast on on Apple, um, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Radio Public, and, and plenty more. Be sure to do that. And if you haven't followed my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, be sure to do that as well. Just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, that's nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, and you'll find all my information right there. So let's dive into this. All right. <laughs> um, so the first person I wrote down um, is more of a safe pick. You know, it's more of a, a high floor than, than it is a high ceiling. You know, somebody you're going to be safe with and not necessarily risk that boom or bust potential. Um, Tyrese Halliburton. Now, he played for Iowa State for a few years. Um, but, you know, this past season, he had a very good season. But overall, in 35 um, and 57 games on a 35-minute average um, in his college career, he averaged 10 points, 4 rebounds, and 5 assists. Um, on a very, very efficient 51% from the floor 43% from downtown and 78% at the free throw line. So this is a point guard. We're talking about a point guard here. Um, there are some pros, there are some cons for Halliburton, and then we'll talk about his, you know, potential player comparisons and ceiling and floor. Uh, but for the pros, you know, from what I've read about, from what I've listened to, and from what I've watched and seen, um, first thing I wrote down was court vision. He can make, Halliburton can make very extremely difficult passes. You know, from what I saw on the tape, this is a, 
quick decision maker, great decision maker, a high IQ point guard, who you know, a very good pocket passer, very good. What I saw a lot was was cross court zip passes where he just zipped the ball cross court. And he would take those risks and he, and they would pay off. He would make you know obviously highlight tapes are going to make a player look better than they are, but you know from what I've read about, he's a very good very efficient cross-court passer and makes some difficult passes look easy because of his ability to to dime the ball around. Um, you know, also, it's, I wrote down that he's just the pure point guard type, right? He's the guy who's got to take care of the ball, um, not turn it over a whole bunch. He actually had just a 1.6 turnovers per game rate um, at Iowa during his career over the 57 games. 1.6 turnovers when you're playing 35 minutes a night. That's not bad at all. So very pure, pure point guard type, pass first point guard who's going to get his teammates involved and they, he does it efficiently. So that's one of the things I liked. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I also like that he um, he plays at a fast tempo. This is a guy who's not necessarily a slow point guard because Iowa Iowa State actually plays. You know, they're they're a fast tempo, high tempo offense themselves. So he's used to running running at a high speed. And this, I think, can help him adjust, you know, to the high tempo of the NBA. The NBA is fast paced. Everything is 100 miles an hour in the NBA. So I think playing, you know, with an offense under Iowa State who who plays at that pace already, it's only going to benefit um, Halliburton and get him ready for the NBA like that. You know, he plays well in transition. He, he's got a very high pace game to himself where he, he knows how to, how to run the floor and be, be that floor general. Um, he's also... You know, he's a 6'5", 174-pound, long wingspan type of player. So he's long. He's got the length to, you know, he's got that advantage of, of being long and lengthy out there. Very lanky point guard. Um, and that helps him defensively, right? He's a solid rebounder for his size. He, he uses his length to help guard the perimeter and on the inside as well. Um, defensively, he's good. He's good. He plays the passing lanes very well. He's a competitor out there. That's what I love. That's why I love guys like Damian Dotson because I've always praised him for being a competitor on the defensive end for the Knicks. Halliburton's that same way. He's very competitive. He's he's got active feet, active hands defensively. He um he's very aware. He makes his teammates better, not just offensively but defensively as well because he knows his personnel and he he, he can pretty play a pretty versatile not versatile. He's he's very That's probably the one of the one of the flaws we'll get to is that he's not very versatile defensively because of his size, but I guess I'm trying to say he could very he could play a very smart defensive game because of his his instincts and things like that and his length. So <clears throat> I also have a pro um going back to his offense. He's a good shooter. <clears throat> I mean <clears throat> some can question that they're not necessarily sure if that can translate to the NBA, but you know, I've seen no signs of, of why not. Um, he shot over 40% both seasons at Iowa State. But, you know, his his strength, his biggest strength isn't just the three-point shot. It's the mid-range shot. He's very good at shooting the mid-range. Um, very good pull-up mid-range shot, like a 15- to 18-footer pull-up. He's got a great pull-up because of his height. Again, it's, you know, pretty tall as a point guard. Um, his quickness, he can move very quickly. That's his strength. He can move very quickly um, with the ball in his hands and without. Um, and he's got a high release. So it allows for a good pull-up shot. That's where he makes most of his jumpers is in that mid-range area, that 15 to 18-foot area. And, you know, that's one of his, again, one of his strengths is, is just being quick. 
and he's got a quick first step in, in both directions really you can go left or right um not necessarily off the dribble but quick off the jab and you know that'll help him penetrate to the rim he's a very good penetrator into the paint he could do that well um he turns corners on pick and roll well so he can do a bunch of things very well he plays off the ball well like i said which is good because you know when you're when you're going to be paired if the knicks do draft somebody like him That'll help him pair well with R.J. Barrett when R.J. goes onto the floor and, and you know, takes his opponent's isolation, right? That can help somebody like Halliburton who has the ability to play off the ball and not necessarily ball dominant. So R.J. can go do his work while Halliburton plays and does his thing, on you know, at the same time. So those are just some of the pros I put down for Halliburton. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that, that I'm spot on with them again because this is just me reading up on reports and, you know, things can be... You know, not everything is true on what you read on the internet, but, you know, I've made sure my sources and from the tape I saw, I made sure everything I saw and read about was, was reliable. <laughs> so that's, that's good. It's somebody, again, not the highest ceiling, not outstanding, but definitely a high floor and you, you won't get the worst, you know, worst player in the world if you do draft him and he doesn't necessarily pan out <clears throat> um, 100%. So but some of the cons, you know, we will talk about the cons tonight. Um, I've got that he he's not exactly a um a strong guy. Obviously, again, with the one hundred and seventy four pound pounds that he that he has underneath him, he it's a very slender frame. He's not, you know, he's not strong out there, and that's going to limit him defensively to only guarding point guards. Right? When you're that tiny, you can't guard the bigger shooting guards. You can't. Obviously, you ain't guarding no wings out there. So. He's kind of limited right now until he builds muscle and gains some strength to only defending point guards and only playing the one position. Um, and then there are some shooting questions. While he did shoot good percentages, um, he does have a slow release, an unorthodox, an unorthodox release. The mechanics aren't necessarily flawless, and you can really see the difference in his results when he's contested versus when he's uncontested. You know, there's a big difference in his results there. Because of that slow release, he has trouble getting his shot off over defenders. So that's something he's going to have to improve on. You know, in the NBA, players are much bigger than when they are in college. And you're going to have to fix that before you, um, you know, if he's going to reach his ceiling. Lacks a dribble package. You know, he doesn't necessarily have a bag of tricks. And as a point guard, you're going to need one. So eventually, you're hoping that he can eventually... Um, down the line, maybe develop a dribble package, just something to keep to create space and keep defenders off him. I also wrote down his aggressiveness. At times, he's a little too passive, a little too tentative, and needs to find that right balance between shooting and also getting his teammates involved. We mentioned, though, he's a pure point guard, so I'd rather have somebody labeled a pure point guard than you know one of those ball-dominant point guards who don't necessarily get their teammates involved and, and try to pad their stats. So that, to me, the aggressiveness is something, you know, it kind of reminds me like Frankie Lakina. Um, he's gonna he might take some shit for it if he's not as aggressive, but you know there's something that it's something that can improve because we saw Frank improve that aggressiveness um, from 2019 to to this year 2020. So you're hoping that somebody like Halliburton can can do the same and start to increase his aggressiveness and find that right balance. Um, and then the last con I had was he's he's very quick. We said we said he's very quick, but. Overall, there's not much else athletically for him. Um, he's a below-the-rim player when you look at it. Um, you know, he'll do his thing driving to the rim, but when it comes to finishing in traffic and and 
throwing a dunk over somebody, he's not necessarily going to be your guy for that. He's just rather quick, and that's really just that's that's about it um, athletically. But you know, all in all, I think Tyrese Halliburton is somebody I would definitely consider if I'm the Knicks. If 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 a few other guys aren't available, you know, and we're gonna get to a couple of those guys in a minute. But um, Halliburton's a guy who. Not that he's your last resort, but he's definitely not going to be my first resort. He's probably my second guy I pick. If you know, if the guys it, again, it all depends on where the Knicks draft. You know, there there are a couple of guys actually I take ahead of Hallie Burton, but realistically, I'm trying to say, you know, I'm trying to just <clears throat> lower my expectations because I kind of have this mindset already inputted into my brain that the Knicks aren't going to pick anywhere higher than than six again. <laughs> so, but we'll see what happens. You know, it's. Halliburton's a guy who I see being more of a Lonzo Ball type, um, and we said again at worst maybe a Frankie Lakina type, but we'll see what happens with him. It's just going to be interesting to see where the Knicks draft. But that's what I've got on, on Halliburton. Um, got a couple other guys coming up in terms of you know availability for the Knicks. If they do pick, you know, six, seven, eight, um, there's somebody like Danny. Oh, shit, I forgot that. How do you? Avdia, Denny Avdia or something. Excuse me if I butcher that name, but this is a kid who who's in the Euro League. Um, he's a young kid, averaged four points, two rebounds, and one assist. But don't worry, that was in twelve minutes per game, so he didn't get much action. He's on a European team with with a lot of veterans, and as we all know, as Knicks fans, it's kind of hard when you're a young kid trying to get your burn when the veterans are out there wasting minutes. <laughs> but you know, the per 36 minutes stats were nice. His efficiency line was all right, 44-32, 60% from the free throw line, not good. But he's he's more, you know, Denny I don't think is going to be a star. I don't think he has the ceiling of, of Halliburton or anybody else in terms of being an all-star level caliber player or anything like that. I think he's more just a jack-of-all-trades guy. Somebody you can draft who has a dynamic skill set to help his team. Um, ball handling passing court vision from Denny. Um, you know, he's great in pick and roll. Um, you know, can do, can flick up the flick those little dump off passes pretty well. Can roll out of the pick and roll or he can facilitate. He's pretty good at doing both. Um and you know, a player like that I feel like would mesh would mesh well with Mitchell Robinson. I feel like playing, you know, as a ball handler who can work well in pick and roll and is dynamic and versatile in pick and roll can mesh well with Mitch. I feel like that'd be a good one to duo there. He's a four. He's a four. From what I hear, he's a power forward. So that's a, that's a pretty unique four and five combo there if they're both sharing the four together. Um, also, I have uh, as a pro for Danny, um, smart smart shot IQ. He takes smart shots, you know, shots that he knows he can make. Um, and he's also efficient when it comes to turning the ball over, low turnover rate. Again, 0. 0.6 turnovers in, in the 12-minute average for the European League. So that's not bad. 34 games down there. Um, and again, 0. 0.6 per 12 minutes. That wasn't bad. Defensive activity. He's a very good defender. Um, I like how, how aggressive he is out there. He's intense when he plays defense, I've noticed. Um, he disrupts the passing lanes very well, pretty decently. Um, he fights over screens pretty well. He He's good on rotations, both inside and outside. Um, but he does lack the athleticism and you know, the pop to kind of be very effective and be an effective defender, but be a, be an extremely effective defender. But overall, I think he's a very active defender, and I think he's a good, solid defender that makes more positive impact on that side of the floor 
than than negative. Um, and then we have the cons for him. Not too many, but enough to where, you know, again, he's not any any anybody I see making the superstar <clears throat> impact. But he's overall, again, not outstanding. Just a safe pick, a limited ceiling, a higher floor, if anything. Um, not quick enough to defend perimeter wings full-time. And also not strong enough to defend the, you know, the, the power forwards full-time. So he's got to find that right balance. Maybe today in a, in a, you know, more positionless basketball type of league, he can find that balance and figure out where he's going to, going to stay consistently. Maybe he's more of a, of a swinger than anything, but, um, that's pretty much his con there. One of his cons, another one doesn't always create well without the screen. Um, he relies on screens to do his, to generate his offense, so that's kind of one thing you're going to have to run a lot of pick and roll with him. Like I said, that's where he makes most of his impact is off the pick and roll, you know, those dump off passes, or he can just facilitate or roll off the pick and roll. And he's going to have to be paired with somebody like Mitch or somebody like Randall, if we still have him next season. Um, if the Knicks do draft somebody like Denny, he's going to have to be utilized correctly. And we got, we're going to have to run a ton of PNR with him because that's right now, that's where he gets most of his offense from. But that's that's pretty much what I have on him. Again, the the ceiling comparison is when I say this, don't <clears throat> I don't want to get I don't want to make you think. I've heard you know from what I'm listening, he's like a poor man's Luka Doncic, a jack of all trades. I'm not saying he's going to be Luka Doncic. He's not going to be. He's not going to be near that level. But the type of game he has is more you know like I said, a jack of all trades type of guy. That's who Luka is, where he relies on craft as opposed to athletic athleticism. So that's somebody who I think Danny, um, again, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but you know that's somebody I think he can be. So he's a safer pick. Again, another one of those safer, not outstanding picks, but just something to think about. And now we'll get to the guy who I think the Knicks really should take a hard look at because if he's available for them, I think this is probably my number one um, guy. I really want him. He, he's also another international prospect, so he doesn't play in America, but... He's a kid who's averaging 13 points in college, um, two rebounds and six assists through 10 games. Um, but the efficiency, 46, 39, 91, that's not bad. Field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free throw clip, that's not bad. Um, Killian Hayes, we're talking about Killian Hayes. He's a he's another point guard, a combo guard. I think he's more of a combo guard. He can play the one or two. Um, he's a great shot creator, playmaker with tight handles, Um He's especially great at out of pick and roll. Again, that's big when you're when you're pairing somebody with him. When you're pairing him with somebody like Mitch, um, he uses the ball screen a lot to thrive, man. And that's huge. Um, but you know he has a nice crossover and an elite setback. He's very good with the ball in his hands, and he's got an elite elite step back where it kind of looks like that James Harden travel step back, but it's not necessarily a travel. It's just very quick, and he he's just very good at, at, on the step backs, and it's it. it Looks like Harden, looks like Doncic even. That's that's kind of his go-to move offensively. Um, the athleticism with him is decent. Nothing outstanding, but nothing bad either. Um, I think he's just a good a good scorer. He, he scores through contact, but he's also a smart passer. He's a three-level passer who doesn't force anything. Uh, he hits guys in the paint, in the mid-range area, and from deep, and he can hit you uh, at a pick and roll. And again, he, he doesn't necessarily force anything, so he doesn't... He's not like uh, Halliburton where he doesn't throw those cross-court passes. He doesn't always take those risks, but he's more just of a smart passer, a three-level passer. 
Um, he racks up steals defensively. Not not to say he's an amazing defender, but one of his pros defensively is that he racks up a lot of steals. So that's something to keep an eye on for for Killian Hayes. And again, he's a versatile combo guard at 6'5", 176 pounds, 18 years old. He's, you know, combo guards are invaluable today. They're big. You know, I like having combo guards on. I would love one on the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks have too many combo guards right now. <laughs> right now. They don't have any combo guards. You know, I, I Frank, but come on. <laughs> um, good in transition. I have that. I have good body control around the rim. Much like RJ, where he can finish well, he absorbs contact pretty well. Like I said, scores through contact. Um, defensive versatility because because of his size, um, he can defend both guard spots and wings pretty adequately, and he gets around uh, screens pretty well too. He moves around the screen and knows how to defend them, so that's going to be a plus in the future. Um, a couple of cons for Killian Hayes. I've got you know the defense isn't necessarily outstanding um, when it comes to just. He sags off a little too much. He helps a little too much, and that leaves his man open for, for open shots. Um, at times, he'll lose focus out there. That's never good. So the defensive ceiling in the NBA, I could probably, you know, average to above average, I would say. Average to above average. Um, he's left-hand dominant offensively, so, you know, that goes for both finishing but also passing. He uses his left hand a whole lot. Now, he's exceptionally great at using his left hand, but he's a little too much dependent on that left than he is, you know, than you want him to be. But off ball offense, he needs to be a little more comfortable with the, when he's when he's playing off the ball. You hope that he can eventually develop some kind of off ball game where he cuts more and knows where to go at the right time. Explosiveness, he lacks a he lacks a first step. He's not necessarily quick off the first step. He's athletic, but his quick first step, his first step isn't necessarily quick. Um, and then the last con I have, we've seen him, again, I mentioned he could score in traffic, but at times he kind of forces it in traffic a little bit and ends up being blocked and things like that. But overall, man, for a guy like like uh, Killian Hayes, I think he's got, this is one of the few guys that I mentioned in this draft that has, in my personal opinion, all-star potential um, if he pans out. He could be a very good all-star point guard, combo guard for the Knicks. Uh, pretty high. Again, pretty high ceiling for an underwhelming class like this. So, you know, if you want to float a couple of names out there, maybe D'Angelo Russell, um, maybe Stephon Marbury type, maybe Alonzo Trier with vision, you know, someone like that. Um, I'm unsure, though. Maybe the floor is like a Dante Exum type. I don't know. But, you know, these are just names I've heard, names I'm thinking about um, just myself. But, you know, Killian Hayes is somebody I would definitely prefer the Knicks take a look at if he's available whenever they pick. And... We'll get to, to oh, we'll do two more, I guess, right? Uh, we'll talk about LaMelo Ball. LaMelo, I, I have a feeling LaMelo Ball is going to be picked, like, later, um, earlier, I'm sorry, earlier. So if the Knicks end up not getting one to four, I have a feeling LaMelo Ball is going to be picked somewhere then before the Knicks have a chance to take him. But, again, he's somebody who played in Australia internationally, um, 17 points, eight rebounds and, and, uh, seven assists. I'm um, 38% shooting, 25% shooting and 72% shooting. Uh, when you're talking about field goal, three point line and free throw stripe in 12 games, that wasn't 12 games. So not necessarily a big sample size, but you know, not a great, not a great efficiency line, but the pros with him is he's an elite passer and ball handler. Um, he can throw both 
flashy passes and safe passes. He's got a lot of moves to do with the ball. He's got a bag of tricks. Um, that's how he creates his space. Good court vision and an IQ. Again, another three-level passer. Paint, mid-range area, three-point line. He'll figure out a way to hit you. Um, he's crafty. Not the most athletic, but he's very crafty. Um, shoots off the catch and dribble. Um, he creates well off the dribble. He finishes with either hand, and he has a nice floater, a nice runner. Um, quick hands, solid hips, solid feet. That could help him defensively. Sometimes he's not always committed. We'll get to that in just a second, but he does have quick hands, solid feet, and, and, and hips, so he can make that presence defensively at least average. Um, as the size and length and his position, he's you know, some say 6'7", six, 6'8", six, 180-something pounds. That's not bad when you're when you're a guard, man. Um, geez, <laughs> it's pretty big for a guard. Um, so he could, he could, so again, he can, you know, at that position, he could be pretty versatile and play, play wing. Um, and he gets into his jumper quick, you know, not, not to say he has a smooth jumper, but he, he, he starts his shot quickly and he'll get into the motion quick. And a couple of cons I have not the most efficient shooter. Again, 38, 25, 72 is not the most efficient line. Um, a lot of the reason is because he takes some low percentage shots. He forces some shots and take shots late in the shot clock and sometimes that's his teammates bailing on him and he's got to take that final shot but you want his his shot iq to improve um forces some passes too a lot of a lot of cross-court passing that doesn't always go his way and end up end up um on the opposing team uh, in their hands so he's got to fix that he's a little weak too a little bit weak plays a plays a less physical not very physical game not extremely athletic not very strong so that hurts him defensively, but in, in the defense overall from him right now, at least, <clears throat> excuse me, the way he's playing, it's very lackadaisical. It's very poor. You know, the further he is from the action, from the ball action, the less focus. That's kind of frustrating. Um, he can rotate well off screens, I've noticed, but he's kind of inconsistent when it comes to doing that. He, he only closes out when he thinks he has a chance. You know, he doesn't always commit to closeouts. And again, he plays a very weak, softer game. So is that is that going to be something that holds him back in the NBA from becoming a winning player? It's just something to think about. And you know, we saw the tapes of him in high school doing those runouts, those little cherry picks. So that's something he has a bad reputation of doing. So we hope that he's not going to be doing that in in the big in the NBA here because that's not something that's going to translate well, and he'll probably get lit up by coaches. Um, but just some pros and cons for the mellow. I don't know if I. If I take him first pick or anything like that. But we'll see what happens again. I, I'm still big on someone like Killian Hayes. Um, but another guy people have been talking about is Obi Toppin. Um, this is a guy from, this is kids from Dayton. Um, and he's kind of, you know, some people consider him a sleeper. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's going to go early. Um, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists on 65% shooting, 42% from deep. And 71 at the line in 64 games in his Dayton career. 17, 7, and 2 on 65, 42, and 71 in 64 games. So, <laughs> some damn good numbers. Um, I believe this past season he averaged 20 points with 8 rebounds and 3 assists. So, a step upwards. Um, and again, he's, he's very athletic. This is his big thing. He's athletic. Um, he's elite vertical. Very elite vertical. He can jump. He's got good size, uh, good versatility, 6'9", 220 pounds. So got the size, the athleticism, the strength, and the speed to be a very good power forward. Um, Good catch-and-shoot guy. Most of his shots come off of pick-and-pop. So 
again, that's something that could well uh, work well with the Knicks. Because if the Knicks get a decent point guard who can, you know, dribble, um, that'll be good to, to generate offense by doing by running pick and pop with somebody like Toppin. Toppin. Um, some odd names in this one, man. I, I, it's hard for me to pronounce. But, um, yeah, very athletic, good catch-and-shoot guy in pick and pop. Um, also excels in the post. Um, not necessarily due to anything but size and soft touch. Doesn't really have... Doesn't have uh, post moves or anything like that, but he's good in the post because of his size and because of his soft touch around the rim. Uh, good in transition. I also have that he's a good passer for a big. Smart decisions out of the short roll. Very good out of the short roll. Um, quick swing, uh, quick swing passes too. I've got written down because you know, again, watching tape, this guy looks like a pretty good passer for for a six nine big and got decent decent ability to to handle the ball and play make. Some cons kind of falls in love with that pick and pop a little too much though, and that can that can kind of hurt his team here and there. But I think the biggest con is this kid's defense is absolutely pathetic. It's horrid. Um, poor awareness. You're talking bad on rotations. Uh, his footwork can be a mess. Poor stance. Poor technique. Uh, you know, also bad on closeouts where he's just lazy, unwilling. Sometimes he walks if even. So that's 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 really bad. And if you're gonna you're gonna make it in the big leagues. You got to give an effort defensively. That's one thing. You know, it's one thing if you're not a good defender because you're not quick enough, because you're not strong enough. But to to just not give effort at all much is is annoying to me. So that's something that I, that's that kind of turns me away from from Obi Toppin when I heard about his just um, egregious defensive efforts. But, you know, you look at his offense, very good offensive game. Um, and up to where this is more personal, uh, a personal comparison, where I, I I think of him as, you know, potentially being in an Amari Stoudemire type, right? Kind of an Amari Stoudemire type where he's going to do his damage within the restricted area and, and 15 feet within maybe. Um, but, you know, he's athletic and he's got the strength and the size. Not the great defender, but he can shoot shoot out of the pick and pop, things like that. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Amari Stoudemire. But that's pretty much that in terms of the guys available in the draft. Like I said, not the not the most outstanding class. Don't have the best prospects to, to look at, but just a few guys. And again, I didn't mention everybody. Cole Anthony still there. Um, people are thinking about him, but I know he had a pretty inefficient season himself. Um few other guys, Anthony Edwards, people were talking about him. James Wiseman, I know he got injured towards the end of the year, but a couple big men that the Knicks might not need at the moment because they're kind of set at the center position and potentially the power forward position. And that's where we're going to go next. We're going to talk about a couple of guys they've got in the G League who could also fill in um, you know, for the Knicks in the future. Uh, we'll be right back, though. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Rob Carbone here. Really quick, I just want to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcast hosting site. And I say that again, it's a free podcast hosting site that will distribute your podcast for you to other platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Overcast, and all those websites. But here's the best part. Not only is it free, 
Not only do they share it for you, but they will pay you for recording a podcast. They will pay you. And you can do it from your computer, from your phone. All you have to do is go to the Anchor app and download that or go to their website, which is anchor.fm to begin. It's everything you need. It is so convenient for podcasters like myself. So please, guys, go download the Anchor app or go to their website, anchor.fm, to begin. See you there. Kenny Wooten is somebody I would like the Knicks to uh, eventually give a shot because obviously this season we didn't see any of him. Um, we were hoping when they signed him to that two two uh, two way deal that he would get some reps up here in the uh, in the big leagues for the big league squad, but no, he stayed in Westchester. He obviously had the season ending injury, the season ending injury, but hopefully Wooten is somebody we get a lot of um, next season and. Again, this is somebody who averaged 8 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 blocks on 65% shooting and 58% of the free throw line through 27 G League games. Um, very good Oregon player. And translated that into the G League for the Westchester Knicks. His pros. Um, he's a 6'9 power forward, for, if you're wondering. But his pros are his athleticism. That's the one thing that stands out is his freakish athleticism. Um, a freak athlete. Excellent leaper on both ends. Throws down lobs, dunks, block shots, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, well-rounded defender. Yeah, shot blocking. We'll get to that right now. Shot blocking and shot altering. You know, great timing because of this. Um, great awareness helps him block and alter shots. His length and athleticism, which we just mentioned. And that kind of helps his lack of size at 6'9", at the power forward position. Because of his, you know, athletic ability and his length and his just leap and excellent timing. Again, good awareness. That helps him. Blocked 3.6 shots in 25 minutes with Westchester. That's fucking... 3.6 is... you know, Considering the minutes he played, I think he only played 25 minutes a night. That's just... I'm, I wrote that down. Yeah, 25 minutes a night. That's insane. 3.6, 25 minutes a night in Westchester is like... What's that? Over the you know, over a course of a full, of a full game. That's ridiculous. And like I said, in Oregon, he was a good shot blocker. He was always a good shot blocker. 2.4 blocks a night in 22 minutes over in Oregon. So he's got that ability to block shots consistently and block a bunch of them and just alter shots. Very much like Mitch. Um, Defends pick and roll pretty great. Um, He hedges aggressively enough to where he can prevent the three-point shot, but also recovers quickly enough so he'll prevent that, you know, that inside pass for an easy shot on the roll. Um Good help side defender. You know, he's very good help side defender, and he defends the post also exceptionally well. Good post defender because of his positioning. He, he'll force kickouts or he'll force some contested shots because of his strength in the post and more so, more so his awareness too. Um, great offensive rebounder. That excellent second leap gets him on, you know, helps him crash the glass, um, out jumps people, crashes hard and aggressively, uh, very active around the basket. Very high IQ, um, smart shot taker, takes highly, you know, highly efficient shots, shots that he knows he can make, which, you know, most of them come off those offensive rebounds and those dunks and stuff like that, but 
That's why he gets the high field goal percentage. I love high field goal percentage type players. Players that are efficient and players you know you're going to get points at, uh, points from when they get the ball in their hands. Confidence. He's got This is a guy who doesn't lack confidence. Dude, just from watching him, and I follow his Twitter, he seems like he's a very confident dude, and he's not, he's not shying away from anything. I like that confidence. He's got a high motor. He works hard. He's always in the gym. Definitely a hard worker who could probably eventually gain muscle and know improve his game because of that ability and because of that that work ethic he has he thrives with scores well and off ball motion plays that was the last pro i had for him very good off the ball um and that's surprisingly surprisingly good with the big like him and then a couple of cons you know he does have his, his issues uh, that he needs to to address um overall he's just very raw he's a very young kid very raw untapped potential um, needs strength needs that muscle so again undersized at his position Needs to eventually get more strength out there. Um, foul prone, just like Mitch. 2.6 fouls in 22 minutes with the Ducks. And in Westchester, he averaged 3.0 fouls in 25 minutes. So he's got to eventually tone down the fouling, get that defensive discipline up. Um, offensively, can't create, not a great playmaker. Um, just right now, more of a one-dimensional dive man, more of a rim runner. Um, no go-to moves, really. Um, can't create, not a good playmaker, but that's fine with the center. Um, I just, he's a, he's a bit reckless in the post with the ball. Um, you know, a lot of turnovers in the post, a lot of offensive fouls we've noticed from Kenny Wooten in the post. <clears throat> um, not a great finisher in traffic with a hand in his face, has trouble finishing sometimes. So that can be an issue because in the NBA, when you're going to use him and pick, if you're going to, you know, in the NBA, they use a lot of pick and roll. And as a big, he's going to be rolling a lot, and he needs to be able to eventually finish in traffic because that's how that's how the offenses run today in today's game. The pick and roll is never going to get old. The pick and roll, it seems like it's being used more and more, if anything, every year. And for somebody who, who has trouble finishing at the rim, you know, in traffic in particular, it's going to be hard for Kenny Wooten to, to thrive offensively, you know, when, when he's going to be put in those situations often. You don't want to kind of hold your team back by not being that great finisher. And he's got to develop a jumper. He has zero jump shot right now. Literally zero. Need one to survive in today's game. Mitchell Robinson's also working on something like that. He's got to have a jumper. Um, even just the mid-range. Wooten just needs to develop something where to where defenses can respect him and not just, you know, sag off of him until he gets into the restricted area. You know, that's, that's going to hurt your offensive spacing. It's going to kill your spacing. It's going to be atrocious if he's ever paired with Mitchell Robinson in the future. You know, if he doesn't develop something like a, of a jumper, if he doesn't develop a jumper, he's going to be backing up Mitch in the future. You know, he's not going to be starting or not going to be getting many minutes off the bench. He'll just become a rotation player. But um, offensive awareness is something I also think he needs to work with. Um, very low awareness offensively. He kind of just hovers in the paint, waits for shots, waits for lobs, waits for crash opportunities off of missed field goals. You know, he kind of just doesn't really know where to go sometimes offensively. And then lastly here I have <clears throat> just, you know, as a comparison, as a ceiling for, for somebody like Kenny Wooten, fairly high to me. I think he could be a Kmart, like a modern-day Kenyon Martin type. Um, solid starter at the four, maybe a good backup. Um, a lot of other comparisons I've heard people talk about George Johnson. Um, again, I said Mitchell Robinson. Um, Amari Stoudemire, we mentioned him before, maybe Amari type without the offensive upside. Um, and then the floor, again, does have a low floor because of his, you know, because of his flaws and how raw he is and 
maybe he's just rotation depth again. I don't know. He's got to, he's got to do a lot of work offensively if he just wants to be an NBA player. You know, you need some kind of offense, and right now he doesn't have much offense outside of throwing down the lob and crashing the glass. So much like Mitchell Robinson, he's a project offensively, and he's gonna, he's gonna he's gonna need some work. But yeah, I mean, Kenny Wooten is somebody I'm very excited for. All in all, I think he's gonna be a good. <laughs> excuse me, a good Nick. Um, you know, I think if the Knicks treat him right and they use him the correct ways and, and he works hard himself, I think he'll be a, a player on this team for, for long term. Um, and the last guy I have in the G League, um, Ignas Brasdegas, Iggy. Um, obviously, he got he got some run with the Knicks this season, but most of his minutes were, were five minutes in garbage time here and there. So I'm not even going to... You know, there's no point of even reading off his, his NBA statistics because that meant little to nothing sporadically, just didn't mean a thing. So I'm going to read his G League stats, 24 games with Westchester. Iggy averaged 21 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists on 50% shooting from the floor, 34% from deep, and 69 at the charity stripe. <laughs> Guys, for a 6'6", 216-pound forward, that's not bad at all. That is not bad at all. Um, his... Iggy's big thing, he's not athletic. He's a crafty, a very crafty and very versatile scoring lefty um, because of his decent size, because of his you know, his shooting ability from all over the floor. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Um, he's got great footwork, great physicality um, to make him a good post player someday, maybe too. Good driving ability, can finish, can, can drive well and finish, can finish in traffic, finish with both hands. He's good at slashing. Um, scoring on the run, scoring well on the dribble drive, like I said, um, efficient off the ball, very excellent at off-ball cuts. Um, and this will, again, this will help him pair well with guys like R.J. Barrett in the future. Um, and Alonzo Trier, if he's still here, you know, guys that are more ball-dominant than anything. Um, turnovers, keeps them at a low rate, both in college and in the G League. Um, Iggy was somebody who did not turn over the ball much. 1.2 turnovers a night and 30 minutes a night with the Wolverines in Michigan. And in Westchester, only averaged 2.5 per 35 uh, for uh, across 34 minutes a night with Westchester. <clears throat> so he's a guy who keeps the ball on your side, and he's very efficient when it comes to to, to not turning it over and to giving his team a shot. Um, high motor, he's very competitive out there. Potential overachiever because of that, you know, a hardworking individual. I think Iggy's got the motor to. He's not somebody like Kevin Knox who, who you got to question his motor and his work ethics at times. But this is a guy who has got. He wants to be the villain. He wants to be great. He's got a toughness to him. He wants to be that guy. He wants to, to punch you in the mouth out there, and I love that type of intensity. Um, and he's got an excellent feel for the game. It just seems like he's a smooth natural at that. You know, watching his tapes and just seeing him play, even with the Knicks when he was when he was with, the, with them a couple times in garbage time, I like the way he moves around. He seems like he's he's getting used to the league already. Um, he's just got this naturalness to him, and maybe part of that is because he's got a high IQ. He's a very smart decision maker, um, good court awareness, and somebody I think again he's not really afraid of of anything. He won't back down, and I think that'll help him only help him in the long run. So, you know, overall, very good shooting big with the ability to drive and slash. Those are his positives. Um, <clears throat> and then some cons here. The defense is not good. It's not good. It's bad. Um, it's not necessarily an effort thing, but it's just the lack of athleticism. Kind of too slow to defend wings and not strong enough to defend the bigs. Um, 
may be best fit as a small forward. But again, the positionless basketball nature of today's NBA may help him. You know, that might that should help. Um, he's very off the ball. Uh, he's very unpolished off the ball when he's defending. Um, so he needs help there. At best, he could be average defensively, but he's got a long way to go to get to that point. Um, also, I have for Collins, I've got playmaking. I've written that down. Um, not a great ball handler. Falls in love with the jumper at times. Needs to increase the assist rate with the amount of times he has the ball in his hands. Makes solid reads and finds some open teammates here and there, but I think more consistency is needed when he's playmaking. So, got to increase the playmaking. You know, the assist rate's got to go up for as much as, you know, for as much as he has the ball in his hands at times. He's kind of looking to shoot more than he is looking to facilitate. And that's fine, but I, I still would like to see a little bit more from him in terms of being a playmaker. <clears throat> And then last but not least, we mentioned that shooting is one of his strengths, but the thing is, if shooting is his forte, Iggy's going to have to work on it to make it greater than just decent, greater than good. Because right now, it seems if he just keeps keeps this pace and if he's just a good shooter, he's going to eventually just be a spot-up rotation role player. And, you know, I'd rather him not be rotation depth. I'd rather him not be somebody who, you know, like a Kyle Singler type. <laughs> I My hope is that Iggy you know, eventually can develop into somebody like Joe Inglis. You know, we've heard that name tossed around a lot when people talk about Iggy. Um, A solid starter, right? At worst, a role player, but a solid starter like Joe Inglis, who can shoot the three, who can drive and finish well with either hands. He's a very good player for Utah. He's been there all of his career. I think this was his fifth or sixth season, Um, Joe Inglis. And people people love him. He's starting to make some noise. Um, and Utah loves the guy. And I think Iggy can be very similar in terms of that. Well, he's just a crafty lefty who can shoot the ball, but he's very good at putting the ball on the floor and attacking the rim and finishing with either hand. It, it's, I'm really big on, I'm really high on Iggy. I think, I think this is one of the steals of the, of the past draft we just had last year. Um, and I, I was just disappointed when the Knicks didn't give him any meaningful run out there. They never really give him a shot. And we saw Portis too much. We saw... You know, all, we talk about this shit too much. It's it's it sucked that we didn't get the guys we were hoping for. When you're a young team and you got some, that's the thing. The Knicks have some young talent, you know. And even if you if you want to make a case and say they're not that talented, well, how would you? You know, why would you just put them out there to test it to see if they're that talented? It's it made no sense to me. But guys, I think that's pretty much it. Just talked tonight. We just talked about some of the draft prospects and. Did a little bit of scouting reporting. Um, and then we talked about some of the G League players. Um, Lamar Peters is another player I didn't necessarily... Uh, um, not, I didn't leave him out just because I think he's bad or anything, but I think he's somebody who could be an effective player someday. I just I didn't add him in there because I, I felt like Iggy and, and Kenny Wooten were... I, th- I feel like it's them two and then everybody beneath them when it comes to the Nick G League team. But those are two guys I really would like the Knicks to to eventually throw out there. Hopefully next season this is the year we get them out there. But as far as the draft goes, man, I definitely I, I prefer Killian Hayes. Um I think he's the guy to go to if he's available. Um I probably then go you know of the three guys we talked about tonight, um who will probably be picked later in the first in the lottery. That that, that that's Killian, that's uh Halliburton and that's uh that Denny kid. So those are the three guys where I'm kind of looking at in terms of the Knicks' odds. But, you know, who knows? Maybe the Knicks do pick one to four or something like that. <laughs> it's, 
we'll see. But I definitely like Killian Hayes the most out of, out of most of these prospects. Um, I think he can develop into a very strong NBA starter and maybe one day be an all-star guy. It's, again, a shot-creating point. We haven't had that <laughs> since Marbury, <laughs> really. But um, that's it, guys. That's all I got tonight. I want to say thank you again for, for tuning in to BD4. Uh, BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I'm your host, Rob Carbone, and tonight we did episode number 92, Knicks Draft Scouting and G League Talk. That was it, guys. Thank you so much. Um, if you haven't followed me on Facebook or Twitter, be sure to do that at NY Sports Talk RC. And if you haven't followed the Instagram account, be sure to follow me there at Rob J Carbone. And once again, if you haven't subscribed to BD4 on all our platforms, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Radio Public, the videocast on YouTube, and plenty more, which is located on my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Guys, thank you so much for stopping by. This has been Rob Carbone with episode 92 of BD4. I'm signing out. I'll see you next time. Uh, there might be a part two of this where I, where I, you know, scout a little bit more of the draft prospects and talk about some other guys, but... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Don't 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 quote me on that. But once again, guys, thank you so much for for tuning in. This is your host Rob Carbone. I'm signing out. I'll see you next time. Ciao. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, be sure to leave a like, comment, subscribe, share, and all that fun stuff. If you want to follow BD4 on all the different platforms we have, all you have to do is go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, that's nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Thank you guys. I'll see you next time. Ciao.